It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Mainly Modifieds podcast. I'm Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media. Kyle Souza will be joining me momentarily. Uh, you're going to hear from Kyle prior to that, however, as uh, our feature interview of this week will be coming up next. And that was Kyle Souza sitting down with Woody Pitcat to spend some time with uh, Woody and talk really about a, a plethora of different topics from uh, the emotion of Myrtle Beach you know, scheduling it in a hurry, then it being canceled, and now maybe Jennerstown, and uh, what his situation, what his life has been like over the last couple of months uh, with the shutdown, um, his uh, win last year driving for Danny Watts, and then the subsequent split, and uh, the call that came from Eddie Harvey uh, talked about getting together with Eddie and what they're looking forward to, really just a uh, a wide-ranging interview so we're going to get to that next and then kyle and i will have some conversation afterward uh we hope that this finds all of you uh safe and well and obviously uh, just a, a a tough time for our country in so many ways now with the virus and uh and the current situation that we dealt we were dealing with with all of the violence and um man uh so we really just want to take some time here to sort of get away from all of that not to say disrespect any of it or discount any of it but just to get away from all of that and we want to talk racing we want to just kind of have some fun and you know and, and just be racers and race fans for a little while so uh if you will stick around we are going to get things started with the interview with Kyle and Woody Pitcat, and we're going to do all of that right after we do this. We'll be back with more of Mainly Modifieds. Don't go anywhere. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, my computer career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds as we uh, trek forward on uh, this edition of the podcast. And we're joined now by Woody Pickhead, another special guest. Uh, via the hotline. Woody, good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us. We want to talk to you about a barrage of different things, I think, this morning. But now, in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and everything that's going on in the world, may as well start with quarantine. Uh, you've got your kids in the background. I know you've probably been busy with them in the middle of this quarantine. But what's this kind of been like the last couple of months to not be at the racetrack uh, and spend a lot of time at home? Yeah, I mean, I guess that that's a plus of it. 
difficult, if anything, <laughs> is to be able to spend extra time, you know, with your family and and, uh, and with the kids and be home on the weekends when sometimes I'd be, you know, at the races for a, for a weekend. So it's been good to catch up with them. And uh, obviously they're pretty young. So uh, you get to see, you know, them, you know, one of them crawling or starting to walk eventually, getting teeth. <laughs> and the other one's, you know, pretty active and talking. So um, it, it's been cool to see you know, something different every day. But, um, you know, we haven't been really doing much, just staying home, doing stuff around the house, catching up on things that I wouldn't be able to do. So I was at the racetrack during the weekend, so um, we've been catching up on uh, stuff like that. But you definitely, you know, miss uh, seeing at the racetrack. You know, you almost have, like, a whole different family at the racetrack, a lot of people that you don't see. Um, you know, when you're at home, but you see, you know, from week to week at the races, um, you don't really see, you, you don't really get to talk to them, you know, through the winter because everybody's doing their own thing, kind of hibernating, and then when we get back to the track, we get to see those people. So it's, uh, it's un unfortunate circumstances right now, but hopefully, you know, this stuff starts, uh, open it back up and we can get back to the track soon and, and kind of try to get back to our normal lives, I guess. Yeah, that would be great, I think, for all of us uh, at this point. So last year, specifically in the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour, I mean, we can backtrack a little bit. You, you won uh, some races with Buzz, too. Now he won the championship back in 2014 and then kind of since then bounced around to a couple different rides. Uh, Danny Watts being kind of the longest tenured of those different rides. And last year, you guys go to Victory Lane at Wall. Uh, probably, you know, I'll ask you in a second, but probably one of the craziest races I've ever seen, and I'm sure one of the craziest races you've ever been in. Uh, so you go to Victory Lane with Danny. You guys kind of part ways, uh, you know, mid to late season, and you end up with Eddie Harvey. But that relationship with Danny, I mean, you guys went to the track together for a long time. What was that like to get back to Victory Lane at Wall in, in what definitely was the craziest modified tour race probably in the last 10 years at least? Yeah, it was definitely nice to get back to Victory Lane, you know, not only for me, but for Danny and his team. You know, at the time, I mean, Danny, you know, pretty much does it all on, on his own. He's just, he's the main supporter, main, you know, everything over there, main sponsor and everything. So, um, you know, and I got the opportunity to drive for him because of the passing of Teddy. Um, obviously not a way that I wanted to get a ride, but, um, you know, I think Dan for the opportunity at the time. And he's got a couple of crew guys there that are really good. Uh, Jeremy, the crew chief, uh, is a hard worker. And uh, it was nice to just win for all those guys. You know, even that day um, it was pretty frustrating. We were down in dumps because we were pretty slow, slow in practice, I guess, you know, and kind of struggled in practice. And I told them before the race, I said, this is a place where I don't run all the time. And um, I'm going to go out there with a different mindset and just try to take what I can get and, uh, you know, just try to finish the race. And I said, I think if I can do that and stay out of trouble, we'll end up in the top 10. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it unfolded a lot differently than I think anybody could ever imagine. Yeah. And uh, that's what I kept doing was just had my eyes wide open, looking ahead, just missing every dodging every bullet I could and uh, we were fortunate enough to come out of there you know with the victory I know we were second I think on the last green white checkered and Danny was like oh can we just red flag this race and sort of second get out of here and I'm thinking to myself no way I said we get an opportunity with this race now so 
you know, let's get back to racing. Yeah. And that <laughs> so, was, um, definitely. you know, it was definitely nice. It, it was kind of, I don't know. I think people probably think that that really wasn't a win because of the way that we won. But, uh, in the record books at the end of the day, it wins a win and we get the trophy and the check. So yeah, you take that at that point, definitely the check and the trophy, take those run away with them and, uh, add that to your win column. So your NASCAR wheel modified tour career now spanning 12 or 13 years, you got four wins. Uh, and then you part ways with Danny mid to late season last year, like I mentioned, and then you end up uh, with Eddie Harvey, a victorious dri- uh, driver, not driver, car owner down south uh, with Andy Sice. He won a couple of Wheel of Modified Southern Championships a couple of years ago. I know you guys had been friends for a while. What kind of sparked that relationship? I mean, obviously, you, you part ways with Danny. You're sitting there with no ride. Eddie had Burt Myers drive for him for a while. Burt went back to Bowman Gray. It just seemed like the right time for two friends to connect and uh, try to make something happen. Yeah, that was just a relationship that started, you know, many years ago when I had drove for the hills down south. Um, you know, and he came by. He's like just a super nice guy, you know, very talkative, very outgoing, kind of like me. Um, you know, and uh, it just started down there. We were talking, and we talked through years. And um, when I was close to winning the championship that year, when I drove for Buzz, they were, you know, uh, winning the championship in the South or close in the South. So, you know, me and Andy were in close contact with each other, you know, keeping each other confident and hoping to see each other at the banquet and talking to Eddie then. And then, you know, when he was coming up here, we just, we would go out to dinners and talk about things. And it was weird because I know a lot of people was like, well, why are you going out, you know, hurt your driver? Why are you going out to dinner with Woody? And when we were going out to dinner and talking and stuff, we, most of the time, it wasn't even about racing. It was about family or sports or anything, just catching up, you know. So um, we were just – we clicked from years ago, and uh, it just never worked, you know. He either had a driver or I had a had a, um, a team that I was driving for. And then, uh, you know, here towards the end of last year with us, me and Danny kind of just going our separate ways because we seemed like we were struggling and needed – you know, a, di- a, a different fit. Um, it just, it just worked out. Um, you know, Eddie had gave me that opportunity. He said, if you want to get in here, you know, towards the end of the year and, and run a couple races and, and see how we work out so we can build for 2020 or we can maybe see that we don't work together well and, uh, and go our separate ways. And I thought it worked out flawlessly. I mean, we had really good finishes, um, you know, if it wasn't for a few different circumstances, I think we could have been, you know, definitely top five at Loudon, where we finished 12th. And, uh, you know, Stafford, I got a little scared, <laughs> came back on the radio and said we needed to come back in for another tire one. I probably should have just listened to, to Eddie and had some more confidence in him, but that's just us not knowing each other, you know, and we ended up eighth there and then fifth at Thompson, and we were like, we were pumped for this year, you know. We didn't want to. We didn't want the year to end. Yeah. Um, they obviously they got to go to North South. I was having, you know, expecting a baby that weekend, so Andy filled in, and they were able to get the job done there and win that. Just everything's been rolling, and everything's been positive, and uh, we've been just sitting here waiting, ready to go when it, when we can get going. Uh, you know, we were we're all we're all. Uh, full steam ahead to get going so when we can we'll be ready to 
rock and roll. <laughs> Everybody's itching to get back to the track. So you run three races with him, and what to me looks like the biggest uh, factor in that is you run three races at three tracks that you're going to run at, well, you were planning to run at multiple times uh, in 2020. If you put Stafford Thompson and Loudon together, that that's probably about eight races on the modified tour schedule. Uh, but there's, you know, obviously a hometown track in Stafford. Thompson, you've had a ton of success there and are still having success. Uh, but were there other tracks that you were excited to get with with Eddie? Is it every track? I mean, obviously his cars last year were really good uh, when Burt was driving, and it kind of seems like every track he goes to, he unloads with something that's close enough to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to pretty much anywhere we were going to go with him. Um, you know, some of the southern tracks, I thought we were going to be really good at South Boston, the opener. Um, I mean, obviously they were good there last year. They never even pitted <laughs> and tried to go the whole distance without pitting to win the race. And I think it would have worked if they didn't have a late caution. Um, and I think when we were going to go to Myrtle Beach, you know, I thought we were going to be pretty good there. He's had good cars there. and I feel like I haven't had very good luck there, but I thought we were going to be good there. And then even some of the smaller tracks up here, like Seacock, um, you know, going back to Wall, pretty much anywhere I looked, you know, look forward to uh, going with him. And, you know, obviously he had a lot of success down south, and he's, you know, won championships with, um, you know, a couple different car, uh, uh, different drivers and stuff. So the confidence is, is sky high through the roof, and the communication is, which I think is pretty big and pretty key to all of this. Um, that that's big. I mean, we talk probably two or three times a day. Um, you know, sometimes it's about racing, sometimes it's about other things. But we have a, I feel like we have a very good, um, you know, good. Uh, I don't know. Chemistry might be the word. What's that? Chemistry might be the right word, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think we haven't been to the track that much, you know, so far. We've only ran a couple races, but I think the way that we talk and the way that we communicate, I think we know what each other wants and what each other likes. And like you said, I think the chemistry is going to be good right off the bat. So um, we're excited, you know. We got Doug Dunleavy is a huge supporter of ours. He's a big help to everything that we, we got going on. And he's, you know, just as positive and upbeat at the racetrack as anybody. And, uh, you know, I got my... Um, well, he was a car owner at Stafford, Steve Greer, a gun smoke guy. He's been a huge supporter of mine throughout the years. And obviously couldn't do it without him either. And he's, you know, a big help with this whole operation too. So those three key guys, it's, I think it's going to, you know, be, be a very good fit. So it put you in a position uh, maybe about two weeks ago, maybe three at this time, uh, where you find out that it sounds like Myrtle Beach is going to open the 2020 uh, NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour season. Not planning to go there this year, obviously on the original schedule, but then coronavirus hits. Uh, NASCAR kind of trying to take a race where they can get it to get the season rolling off the ground. Kind of take me through the emotions of Myrtle Beach pre-cancellation and postponement. Um, you know, get, getting that news that you guys were going to start racing and then all of a sudden a couple days later, Later, uh, you know, it rains, and now we're we're in a position where we're going to go to Jennerstown to open the season. And then, I guess, probably an emotion of being thrilled to go back racing, and then, in a sense, disappointment that you got to just keep waiting a little bit longer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, before before that whole thing, it was kind of like you know, just kind of a guessing game, so we weren't getting really too too pumped up and too optimistic about it. But then, when you see that okay, we got a race going, we got, you know, entry forms and we got schedule times and stuff like that. The ball seems to be rolling and uh, 
we're we're getting ready to go and i'm like looking at the you know the weather over the weekend the week leading up to it and i'm like all right you know it'll it'll change five times like it always does in new england so yeah. we should be all right and then it just wasn't changing wasn't changing and uh Unfortunately, Jimmy had a tough decision to make because, you know, what the weather was going to be like down there. And I know that place, we've been there in the past, and, uh, you know, they just have like a stray rain shower coming from and, you know, like weepers coming through the track and water coming through the track. So I couldn't even imagine what it would be like if they got five plus inches of the rain. So, yeah. Unfortunately, it was kind of a bummer, but, um, you know, Jimmy and those guys have been working hard to to get a schedule going and, and try to get us back to the track. And we obviously appreciate that. We appreciate everything they're doing. Obviously, you know, it's a, it's a job to them and they want to get going as quick as they can, but to be able to go to Jennerstown and open up there is, is you know, is any pretty much anywhere at this point, yeah. as long as it's safe for, for everybody, for, you know, drivers, officials, you know, anybody that is going to be there, media, anybody that's involved, as long as it's going to be safe for all of us or as safe as it can be, you know, is going to be great. I, I, I've been to Jennerstown, I think, once, and I can't remember what year it was. It was the year Teddy had first driven for um, the 36 team there, and he ended up winning the race. And it was it was a pretty cool place. It was pretty wild. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know who's been there. I know Doug's probably been there. I'm trying to think of who else. I think Robbie Summers was there that year. But this is going back to probably early 2000s. So yeah. I've I've been trying to look to uh, to find some old video of it and do a little bit of homework. And I know Bobby's been there with a sprint car with a wing on it, and he said it's pretty wild. So yeah. um, you know, just trying to take in as much information and, and see what we can learn, and uh, you know, just go there. Hopefully, like everybody else, kind of blindfolded and and just learn it while we're there. Yeah, so you're going to get a short practice time, obviously, uh, you know, a quick qualifying session, single car back to in 2020, uh, and then a 6 p.m. race. Uh, and now the, the biggest question, I mean, the Cup guys are racing with no fans, the Xfinity guys, the truck guys are racing with no fans, but for Woody Pitcat that runs in front of short track racing fans all year uh, at multiple different tracks, have you thought about it all, what this might be like to, to not have your family at the track? I mean, I know you don't have your family at the track for every single race, uh, as it was in the real life, uh, but no fans in the stands, no reaction like that. And and for you, a guy, I think that's been involved in that fan reaction uh, where they're screaming and yelling, it's definitely going to be a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. Just thinking about it, you know, is is a little frustrating because you know, and everybody understands, like you know, the big the big three can do it because they have the sponsorship and the funding to to go there and race and do that without. Uh, without the fans but for us it obviously it can't i think it can't happen at a lot of these racetracks um to be able to do that so it's definitely a little disappointing and it's definitely frustrating but at the time we understand with what's going on you know the main goal and the main focus is to make sure everybody is healthy and and not getting sick and enjoy going to the races and not have to worry about it so uh, we understand, you know, the circumstances and what's going on in the world. And if we're lucky enough to be able to go racing, that's what I told Eddie when everything started. You know, end of February, early March. I said, if we're if we get to go to three races this year, we should be very, you know, fortunate for that. So and very, you know, lucky to do that. So with it, with it, everything that's going on, we just gotta 
take what we can get. And if anything, we'll just have to use it as like a kind of a building year if we have to, if we only get a couple races and, uh, and just, you know, prepare even harder for 2021. But as of right now, like I said, I feel like Jimmy and everybody's, they got a lot on their plate and they're trying to do the best they can to give us a schedule to go racing. Hopefully we can do a couple here uh, without fans and maybe, you know, late July, early August, we can start hitting a couple more where we can get, you know, a 50% capacity or something where we can get some people there. And, uh, cause obviously we feed off of that. We feed off all of them, just like any other sporting event. The, the, the main reason, if, if we don't have fans, they're the reason why we're there. So if, if, if they're not, they're not, if they don't go and they don't support that, I feel like we can't be at the racetrack week in and week out doing every, doing what we love to do. So yeah. And that puts you, we get them back to yeah, definitely. Uh, and that puts us in a position where now, you know, you go to Jennerstown, no fans and then see where it goes from there. Uh, before we let you go, I know you're a busy guy on the racetrack. Usually last year you drove probably five or six different cars at, at some point, uh, during the season, but what else was on the table for 2020? I mean, I know Dan Avery and you guys got together, uh, to run up at Tom, had some success there last year in the SK. You ran with the Hartwells, nearly won the championship up there in the late models. I mean, what was on the horizon, and, and is that stuff still kind of planned, uh, including things like Stan Merch, Tri-Track, uh, that you're hoping to get in in 2020 at some point? Yeah, that was pretty much all on the table again. Uh, we were going to move Dan, Dan's operation to Stafford just because of what was unfolding up at Thompson. We were going to, um, I was going to probably run like a handful of races at staff on a Friday night, let Dan run the rest, you know, some of the bigger ones, the SK 5k, possibly the TC race, stuff like that. Uh, just try to get back to Stafford where I, you know, grew up my whole life and, and try to go see some people I haven't seen run down there. And then obviously we're going to change the, the whole tri track series again with Stan and do, you know, a couple open, uh, a couple MRS races. If, if it worked out, um, just kind of jump around like we had the past couple of years with Stan. Cause we've, we've all seemed like that's what we've, uh, you know, had, had been fun doing, having fun with. So, and then, uh, you know, try to chase the deal again with, uh, with Hartwell and those guys up at, uh, Thompson White Ball. So, uh, we had a, a bad taste in our mouth at the end of the year. We really hit on something the second half of the year and started, uh, you know, winning races and, and contending for wins week in and week out and had a good shot to win the championship and had some bad luck at the last race of the year and couldn't seal the deal. So we we're kind of hoping to get back there and do that. And I was going to run a couple of act races again for uh, uh, Bob Phil and Mark Stenson, the 07 MA car there that I've driven in the past, been a second a couple times at Thompson. We were going to run that at Loudoun those couple races so i definitely had a lot on my plate i think we're actually going to go this weekend saturday i think we're going to try to get the white ball in here with for the hartwell car um just to try to get back out there and get our feet wet and, and do something because everybody's chopping at the bit to get going so i i'm looking uh forward to that because i felt like we were pretty good up there last year with stanza modified that was the first time i had ever been up there for uh, one of those races that Josh Veneta had put on, and we were having, we were winning, and something happened to the motor. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can have that same success with the late model as we did with Stan's car that day, and, and go up there and give those guys a good run. 
Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to get back to the racetrack. Uh, from our end, Friday at Claremont, I hope, with the Granite State cars, uh, up Saturday and Sunday at White Mountain with uh, your weight models on Saturday night as a headliner, and then, of course, the Pro All-Star Series uh, on Sunday. Woody, want to thank you for 15, 20 minutes. Really appreciate the time. Uh, always good catching up, and looking forward to hopefully seeing you real soon at the racetrack and getting back to somewhat of a normal life here uh, post-pandemic. Yeah, you too. I appreciate the call, and... Uh... Like you said, hopefully we can see each other at one of these tracks here soon. All right. That's been Woody Pitcat. When we come back from the break, uh, we're going to talk about White Mountain Motorsports Park, Claremont. Uh, the race is coming up this weekend. Stafford going back practice sessions, at least some private track rentals for now, what that might mean for the future and more. You're listening to Mainly Modifieds. We will be right back. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds as we continue this week's podcast. Tom Baker and Kyle Souza with you. And we just heard from Woody Pitcat. And uh, Kyle, Woody is always a great interview. And I feel like he covered, well, you you covered with him a, a lot of interesting uh, topics here. And um, I, I, what is your take on uh where Woody is at for 2020 and what we can expect from him in terms of possibly uh you know other opportunities what what did you take away from that interview yeah uh we we've, we've talked to Woody a lot in the past uh and I've had the opportunity to catch up with him you know bi-weekly here if not uh, every couple of days here just in the middle of the pandemic to get his thoughts on how things are going in the race community always an outspoken driver uh willing to put his opinion out there and let you know how he feels uh on a respectful level uh, and I think that's been no different uh here over the last couple of weeks obviously you hear him in the interview uh the sentiment generally speaking saying you know it's it pretty much sucked uh that we couldn't go racing at myrtle beach last week pretty much sucked that the COVID 19 pandemic hit him uh and his race team specifically because they had so much confidence going into the year uh and, and such high hopes uh to hit the nascar wheel and modify tour season running uh but unfortunately obviously it, it slowed everybody down this pandemic it's hit everything in a weird way uh and he's looking forward to getting back to the track whenever it comes uh you heard him in there talk about the interview uh, not the interview of the victory, uh, with Danny Watts last year at Wall Stadium, which was probably the craziest modified tour race in the history of modified tour races. <laughs> at one of the coolest um, tracks on the tour, I might add. Yeah, it was a crazy event. Uh, good for him to get back to virtual lane there, as he mentioned. Uh, and then that call he got from Eddie Harvey to kind of get together after he and Watts broke up. Uh, Eddie, a, a successful car owner down south, uh, winning a couple wheel and southern championships with Andy Sice and winning a bunch of races down there. It just seemed like the right pairing. Uh, and as soon as they hooked up, I thought so as well. I thought it would be a good pairing. Uh, they kind of took off together the end of last year, finishing in the top 10 a couple of times in their three races. Uh, and really, in my opinion, had a shot at winning virtually all three of them if circumstances had played out a tick differently. So uh, he's up there uh, as one of those guys that's probably going to be in contention for the championship uh, once we ever get going in 2020. And once we have a concrete number of races, uh, we'll be able to tell you a little bit certain, more certain uh, who's going to be in contention for that championship. I think Woody over the last couple of years has shown he's got the talent. He did it back with Buzz Chu, almost won the championship. Uh, and I think virtually, Tom, however many races we do get to run, uh, the championship picture is going to be different in 2020 because we're not going to get 16, 17 races. You may get six to eight races, and you may have to figure out a way uh, to be really good in those six to eight races. And it might be a different challenger 
than we would have envisioned with a 17 race schedule. And I think Woody would be right up there as a guy uh, that could contend with Kobe, Bonsignor, Silk, Watts as a guy that could win this championship. Well, you know, you bring up a really interesting point because really what we're looking at here is a very much uh, a very different modified tour for 2020. I mean, we we don't know how many races we're going to have, but it certainly looks like it's going to be far less than what we would have originally started with, obviously, had we not had the whole uh, virus situation. And the last number of races, two things happened. Number one, you, you can less afford to have a bad race. But the other thing is, if someone happens to start out the season and get on a bit of a hot streak... With only six to eight races, there, as you just said, we may have some different contenders. If somebody happens to get on a roll early, um, you know, and go out and win a race and, you know, run top five a couple times, I mean, it doesn't take, with only a six to eight race schedule, that person's going to be, you know, in great shape to, to run for a championship. And, and again, we're not saying it's going to be six to eight races, but that's what it's looking like. And the more time goes on, and now with the 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 current outlook of, okay, we're going to open it at Jennerstown in a few weeks, uh, and, you know, we're not sure what we're going to do after that, um, it, you know, that Jennerstown race becomes pretty critical, which really now, Kyle, also changes the complexion of that race. So somebody like a Woody Pitcat, for example, if he goes out and wins that race, then, you know, suddenly we're looking at Woody being in the mix. You know, we, we, we've got to look at this championship differently because, you know, you, you get drivers sometimes the beginning of a season they'll do good the first couple races or they won't do good the first couple races but they'll have another 14 or 15 opportunities to dig themselves out of the hole now you're talking about basically realistically we're probably looking at a half a season instead of a full season somewhere in that range anyway and it's a completely different uh situation now in terms of uh, what it's going to take to win the championship because you don't have to be great for 15 races or 17 races. You you only have to be great for six or eight or nine or whatever it turns out to be. Yeah, uh, and that opens the door for uh, a lot of drivers, I think. Yeah. That, that group of drivers is between fifth and tenth in the championship, uh, maybe a couple guys outside that. It really opens the door that if we run six to eight races uh, and a guy like Timmy Salomito decides to run them all, He's really, you know, a couple top five finishes. You're right there. That championship could exactly. go into the final race with yep. a six to eight race schedule with five, six, seven guys in mathematical contention, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, instead of the normal two or three or maybe even just one uh, entering that finale. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how that kind of goes uh, with the championship picture. Again, we've got no concrete uh, evidence that there's going to be only six races, only eight races. But if you analyze the situation, and look at the realities of it, there's only going to be six to maybe ten at most, and I think ten's pushing it. Uh, I think six to eight's probably the right number. Yeah. Uh, for 2020, they might get ten, <clears throat> excuse me, if they want to go to a couple tracks uh, for a couple different times, uh, but more than that is going to be pushing it uh, this season just strictly because there's no way uh, that these racetracks are going to be able to pull off a sanctioning fee, at least up here in New England, without fans, and I don't see 
full grandstand capacities coming in uh, by the time they need to. And really, by the time they need to is mid to late August. Uh, they could probably go off racing mid to late August and get three or four races in at a good track up here, a good couple of tracks. Uh, but otherwise, you might see Jennerstown. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it in a second, but we know now there are two races at Jennerstown. You're going to get a race maybe at Myrtle Beach if that gets rescheduled, uh, which they say they're working on it. Uh, you're probably going to get a race at South Boston, maybe two. Uh, you've got Connecticut racetracks up here, New York racetracks, New Jersey, Massachusetts. Really, anything in the Northeast, you're just clueless right now. Nobody really knows uh, what's coming up, uh, and that's going to be, uh, I think, the talking point here of the next couple of weeks on what, uh, what you're going to see coming. Uh, you're going to continue to see things open uh, in these New England states. Are the racetracks going to be included? Yeah. A lot of the racetracks up here are open for private practice sessions as I speak. Uh, some are not. Uh, and private practice session is a long way away uh, from racing uh, competitively. There's a big difference there, and I think people uh, underestimate how difficult it is for a track to pull this off. Uh, track rentals can only do so much. They need revenue from the races. Uh, and I think that's going to be the telltale sign of how many races we're going to get in in 2020. Well, and if you if you just look at what's going on outside of the racetracks in those areas, I mean, the areas that are the slowest to completely open up to get to whatever their last phase is, phase four, phase five, whatever it is in your particular area, the slower that happens, we're already, it's June 1st. As we record this, we're recording it on Monday. It's June 1st. So realistically, you've got June, July, August, and September, maybe part of September, before you start running into, you know, really weather issues. I know that we run late season big shows at Thompson and whatever in October, or maybe even try to do it early in November, but... Uh, realistically you've got about three and a half to four months starting today and right now as of june 1st we have one show scheduled at jennerstown on the 21st and you said there's going to be another one later so we have two shows scheduled how many other tracks are we going to be able to take advantage of um in terms of scheduling modified tour shows without asking the teams to come too far south to do that on a regular basis in other words you can only come to carolina or you know whatever a few times you can't you you can't do this four five six times it, for these it just doesn't work out so you know this is i think six to eight shows is probably about all you're going to get realistically unless you're going to just take a track like jennerstown and say we're going to run twice a month there you know uh, and, and I don't know how practical that is, honestly, though it's a great track, and I'm sure Jennerstown would love to have the tour there, but you certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, you certainly can't, with a sanction fee that, that's required, if NASCAR doesn't waive that or significantly reduce it, you certainly can't run that many shows at one track, I wouldn't think. So um, it's... It's just going to be a, a very fluid situation, I guess. And, and I would say, yeah, you're probably six to eight raises about all you're going to get, um, realistically. And then you have to hope that you don't get rained out in any of those races because you just, the later we get into the year, the less, you know, potential for rain dates you have. So 
Um, it's it's just going to be one of those seasons, which I suppose if we could get six races, six really solid races on the schedule, um, again, from a fan's point of view, this could be interesting because like we just said, now all of a sudden you've got less than a half season to determine a champion, and those six races are all going to be very aggressive and very hotly contested because everybody's going to understand that you just you you got to perform every every week so it changes the dynamic of um of each race so um the tour is really in sort of a peculiar spot right now and a lot of it most of it is pretty much beyond their control in terms of you know why they can't run these tracks i mean it's just um you know the municipalities are determining the fate and and not uh nascar so um it'll be interesting to see where it goes kyle but i know one thing jennerstown on the 21st is one heck of a season opener uh at a track where the fans will come out in droves to support it if they could but they can't so now you're just looking at a great racetrack hopefully by the time by the second time around at jennerstown maybe they'll be able to have fans but that's a that would be one track that that would be great for the tour and hopefully will become a staple on the tour because that track will will pack seven eight thousand fans in there for for a tour race when they're allowed to actually show up so I think it's a great track to open at it's still a bit of a haul for the New England uh teams but um again if you're gonna race it's probably better than you know trying to come all the way down to myrtle beach right now at least yeah uh and this is going to be an ever-evolving situation i think over the next couple of weeks uh i think you know two three weeks from now we'll you know once we get to jennerstown uh on june 21st we're gonna have a better insight of what could be coming right uh, and a better insight of, of what maybe the next month looks like at a time you might not see uh, and i think it's highly unlikely you're going to see races booked two three months down the line at first because uh, they just don't know what the restrictions are going to be like two, three months down the line. Right. Uh, so they're probably going to take this a month at a time or so, um, maybe even a couple weeks at a time, uh, and just play it out for the sake of the race teams. I hope it's a month at a time so they know uh, turnaround times, what they need to be prepared for, uh, stuff like that for as far as preparation for their race cars. Uh, but, you know, from a fan perspective, any racing we can get at this point, I think at any short track up here in New England is going to be positive. Uh, race fans are definitely going to attend if possible. Uh, if they're allowed, and right. I've talked to a lot of race fans that are diehard ca- and casual race fans, both there say, I'm ready to go back to the racetrack. Uh, and I think I share that sentiment. I'm sure you do as well. So see what happens here. Uh, like I said, I think in the next couple of weeks, you're going to get a lot more clarity. Speaking of the next couple of weeks, how about a little bit more detail on that Jennerstown event? Uh, June 21, it's a Sunday. It's Father's Day. Uh, the feature is scheduled to take place uh, somewhere around 3 p.m. It looks like is going to be the drop of the green flag. Obviously, the opener of the 2020 NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour season. Uh, NASCAR releasing this on Friday. Uh, I had broke the news on Twitter earlier on Friday that it was eventually coming, uh, and then it dropped a couple hours later. Uh, they, they're renaming this Jennerstown race the same name they had for Myrtle Beach, so it'll be the Wave Cold Memorial 133, uh, presented by Dunleaving Truck and Trailer Repair. Obviously, Wade losing his life uh, in a tragic accident in his own garage, working on his race car. Uh, over the winter, so they're honoring this name to him. Uh, it is a points race. NASCAR mentioning that in their press release uh, that it is a championship points event. Uh, and they obviously, as we mentioned, Tom, no fans due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the restrictions in place. 
they're going to modify their race procedures uh, to fit the CDC, OSHA, state and local government recommendations, um, and you know, limiting it to eight people per car, including the driver, crew members, and car owners. So eight people per car, uh, a little bit of a short number for some of these race teams, not for others. Uh, and they're going to do a practice session, a qualifying session, and the race, and there's no pit stops uh, in the race. They're not going to allow pitting for race tires. I'm sure if you get damaged, you can pull in and, and, and fix that. Uh, but the press release, uh, and I quote, saying the race will not have no pit stops. Uh, so Interesting. That'll be interesting to play out. No lap count released originally, but since it's the Waco Memorial 133, you can obviously guess that it's 133 laps. <laughs> that would make uh, sense. And at this point, you know, at, at this point, you take what you can get, I think, here, Tom, and then get ready to run the race. The drivers are thrilled. You heard what he had say. He's ready to go. Uh, and I think this gives those guys that were on the fence about going to Myrtle Beach, they've got three weeks now to prepare their cars, get some funding, either through sponsors or whatever they're going to get it from if they're ready for that. And then go to the racetrack. It gives them a little bit more leeway yes, than they exactly. had knowing a week and a half in advance right. that they had to get rolling down to Myrtle Beach. Well, and it's not quite as you know far of a haul, and 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 it's a a little bit of a a, a more spaced out situation for them. So um, I'm sure it'll be great, and I hope that obviously the weather will cooperate now for that weekend. That's the next thing. But um, you know, you really just want to see everybody get it's look. You know, NASCAR. NASCAR has a lot on their plate. I mean, they're trying to obviously work on their three national series. You've got um, the now the ARCA series. Um, you know, NASCAR made a number of changes to ARCA East, for example, and ARCA East basically in the same situation that the modified tour is in, in the sense that they there are cert, only certain tracks they can go to. They know they're going to Toledo on the 13th of June. That's it for them. Um, so it's the same sort of situation. You're kind of um, making it up as you go based on what current conditions allow you to do. Uh, and Arca West, obviously, in even a worse position out there, trying to get shows in because, you know, a lot of those tracks that they normally would run are in states where the lockdown is not going to um, – let up anytime soon and you know it's just uh, going to be very difficult for these regional series but the modified tour starting at jennerstown makes sense um if you can get you know the two shows there maybe you try to 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 have a couple shows at a track like south boston that may be about as far down this way as you want to come um you know you you just try to do a half dozen good shows and make it work. Um, I don't know what the situation in New England is going to be, uh, but you look at the potential tracks that they could run, and, I mean, we, as you say, a couple of them are running closed practices, but that's that that is a long way from being able to hold an actual race event um and so i don't know i mean you you just have as you say you kind of make it up as you go and you you take it at two weeks or a month at a time um try and give everybody enough notice so they can prepare and uh it's about all you can do it's just um i i it's a situation that i'm sure nobody ever thought we would ever face in a million years and therefore um, there really wasn't a contingency plan for it, and um, 
everybody's just got to kind of try to do the best they can to do the best they can for this year. And, you know, then we hope that as we obviously get into 21, we don't have to worry about any of this and we can just resume normal activity in terms of racetracks and fans and all of that and, and get back to doing what we do. Yeah, I'm ready to go back to doing that. Me too. Uh, I think 99.999% of everybody in the country that likes auto racing is ready to go back to the racetrack, ready to go back with fans. I know the NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity, and Trucks have already been on track. ARCA Series getting back on track this month. The Modified Tour, hope, hopefully, knock on wood, getting back to racing this month at Jennerstown. Uh, we'll see. Tom, just have to play it out. Uh, obviously, no fans in attendance, not the way that the – Modified tour team owners and drivers and crews want it. I mean, you heard Woody Pickett say they feed off the fans. Well, of so course, yeah. Obviously not what we want, uh, but you got to take what you can get, I think, in the middle of this pandemic. We've said that before. I'll say it again. I think whatever we can get on the racetrack, we've got to take, uh, whether it's six races, four races, 15 races this year. Uh, you know, I'll be attending my first races of the season coming up this weekend up here, so we'll get to that in a second. But just do, do want to mention, too, Tom, the Myrtle Beach race uh speaking with wheel and modified tour director jimmy wilson wait last week they do hope to reschedule that race they're working on trying to figure out what's going to fit best uh for everybody obviously postponed due to rain last weekend so looking to see uh where that might fit in other updates here in new england before we transition to what might be coming up this weekend quiet time right now at thompson speedway motorsports park uh there has been no updates from the track officials uh through social media through press releases nothing going out there uh, on what their 2020 season may entail, obviously in the middle of the pandemic here uh, in Massachusetts, Connecticut as well. <clears throat> so uh, quiet on their end, which is uh, a little bit concerning, I'd say, about what might be coming uh, here over the next couple of weeks. And then uh, Stafford Motor Speedway finally getting the approval to go track testing. Uh, they've had a couple different sessions of private track rental. I know Dave Sapienza was up there. Chris Pastriak was up there couple wheel modified tour teams taking advantage of the track time over the last week or so. And then up in New Hampshire, uh, they are practicing currently. Uh, Star Speedway, a full pack pit area this weekend. Monadnock, the same thing. Uh, they are getting back to speed with some of their own private track rentals slash test sessions uh, that's included up to 40 cars at, at a couple of tracks. So looking forward to, I guess, hitting the ground running uh, with the racing as far as the racing with fans goes, we've talked about it before. I don't think a lot of these tracks are going to really have the full accessibility to do it without fans. Uh, but one of them is, uh, and that's coming up this weekend on Friday night. I know it's mainly modifies. We talk a lot about modifies. We've done it for the first 45 or so minutes of the podcast. But I do want to end by circling back to the first New England race of the season. Sure. Uh, and there's two of them coming up this weekend, June 5th and June 7th. Uh, the first one on June the 5th is Friday night at the Claremont Speedway, uh, Claremont Motorsports Park. The Granite State Pro Stock Series is going to open their season. No fans in attendance. 100 laps, the Let's Go Racing 100. Mike Parks and his gang putting that on. That's going to be broadcasted live on Speed 51. Uh, and we've talked a lot, Tom, I think, about the nature of pay-per-view broadcasting uh, up here in this region, what it could mean for some of these racetracks and Heck, there, there's some negatives to it from a track perspective. Don't get me wrong, but heck, at this point, I am so ready to oh, smell race fumes coming up this weekend. Well, and that's a deal where I, I think from a business standpoint, I think most tracks probably 
are in a position where the pay-per-view cannot fully offset uh, what the fans would have brought in terms of you know dollars to the track that week. Um, but uh, you obviously would much rather be watching a pay-per-view. And I, and I hope, by the way, that the fans of these tracks will support these pay-per-views because it's the only way they're going to continue. I mean, you can't... You know, you're you're not if if nobody's buying the pay per view, you're not going to keep doing it. So if you want if you want this to to, to continue and you want racing to happen in your area, um, you can't go to the racetrack, but you can buy the pay per views. So please do. Uh, and you know, I think it's great that we're able to do those things. It's it's uh, it's modern technology in this case helping the sport instead of hurting it um and you know i i think it's great that um that that these tracks have the opportunity to do that and i hope that that race at claremont goes very well on friday night because uh again we we need good weather we need everything to work right so we can actually get some racing action in and uh get some of these tracks up and moving dying to smell the race fumes. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I can't, I well, can't say it any other way. I know you've been to the track a time or two here once. Uh, over the last couple of yeah, weeks, Dylan. and you smelled the race fumes. Um, yeah. But, you know, to me, it, it's, uh, you know, some people use their drug of choice. Some people <laughs> do some other things. Uh, my drug of choice is race fumes <laughs> and too. burning rubber and uh, ethanol gasoline. Uh, that's well, what I like to do on the weekends. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing it at Claremont on Friday and hopefully uh, trying to button up the details. Hopefully looking forward to doing it on Sunday as well as White Mountain Motorsports Park opens their 2020 oh, nice. season with a double header. Uh, they'll be racing on Saturday with their weekly divisions and a 75 lap late model special. And then on Sunday, uh, the event I'm hoping to be up there for the pro all-star series takes their first green flag uh, of the 2020 season up at White Mountain, 150 laps for them. They're going to be back on track uh, at 2 p.m. on Sunday. That race is going to be broadcasted on pay-per-view as well. Not on Speed 51, though. This one on the Northeast Sports Network. Uh, it'll be live on Sunday at 2 p.m. Uh, with the Pro All-Star Series Super Late Models for 150 laps. The Pass Modifieds in action for 60. The Honey Badger Sweet Stocks for 50 circuits. And the Nell Car Legends. Also going to be in action a full day. Uh, of racing coming up there at the White Mountain Motorsports Park, a full two days of racing. No fans, uh, similar to Claremont, no fans going to be in attendance. That pay-per-view, 25 bucks, uh, And they're, they got some really strict policies in place uh, to follow the state guidelines. Everybody must pre-register. Nobody can show up to the track and just start you know, rolling in and hope to race. Uh, they've got to pre-order their tires ahead of time. They've got to show up in different time frames, similar uh, to what we've seen with the Cup Series, showing up at a specific time to get in. Uh, and Pass is not messing around with this. They know if they happen to mess it up, it could spell trouble uh, for getting races confirmed going down the line. Right. Uh, and I know that that's why they, you know, they mentioned in their, their policies that went out to race teams, at no time during this event can there be groups of more than 10 people in close proximity. That goes right with the state guidelines. Uh, and I know we've seen some tracks down south open with fans, some of them against government uh, suggestions, some of them with government suggestions. But Pass and White Mountain and Claremont on Friday night, they do not want to mess this up, Tom, because once one track up here uh, gets rolling and somebody messes it up, 
by an odd chance, it could spell trouble for every racetrack in this reason if somebody catches wind of what happened. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's the situation we have, and I think it's fairly easy for the tracks and the series to um, to do this right. I mean, it doesn't take it takes a few extra bodies and some extra attention at the beginning and the end of the day. But uh, you know, the the tracks that have opened down here, there have been none of them really, and. Um, you know the the local authorities have paid pretty close attention to most of them that I've talked to, and even the track I was at Dillon Motor Speedway in South Carolina. And it isn't so much about you know wearing masks and and all of that. It's it more was making sure you took everybody's temperature and and you know and did the proper screening before you let them in. Um, and you know that that seems to be. Uh, kind of a routine that it's kind of a pain in the butt, but it's not hard to do. It just takes some time, and if everybody cooperates, then it should go fairly well. Um, and the main thing is, is, is people just need to realize that they're accountable for themselves. You know, if if you if you're not feeling well, or if, you know, even you know, people of sort of the 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 senior age groups that are most vulnerable, maybe you want to skip these first couple races. You know, maybe you don't want to go right now um, and, and, and be in that situation. Um, but for the most part, it seems like the tracks that have opened, I've heard of no real issues with, um, with any of the, you know, other than you've had a few, <laughs> we had, you know, a speedway down here open with a full crowd, um, a couple of weeks ago and got a whole lot of media attention for it. And, you know, basically nothing negative happened, um, you know, as, as a result of it. I mean, I think, you know, people are, again, you know, you, you want to try to do it the right way, but these tracks need to get open and get moving forward. So hopefully the proper procedures are in place uh, and, and you can do the screening and do what you need to do to satisfy the guidelines that, you know, are set wherever you are, and then you just go racing. And, you know, the main thing is, is you want to go and put on a good show and give, you know, give the people watching the pay-per-view a good show, um, you know, not tear up a bunch of equipment. I mean, this is a situation where I think everybody needs to understand that the, uh, um, the real driving force here is that we want interest, the right kind of interest in what we're doing and not the wrong kind of interest and everybody has to do their part. But if that happens, then uh, there should be no reason why things shouldn't be able to slowly unwind uh, back to normal here. And that's, it's great to see a couple of tracks opening up there um, and uh, definitely hope for uh, good weather and good success for those situations. Cause you're right, Kyle, it's, <laughs> I went to Dylan <laughs> last week and had the chance to smell the racing fumes for the first time. And you know, the other part of this, it's just good to be back with your racing friends again, you know, and go see people and, and have conversation with, you know, with people other than the ones that live in your house, which is kind of where we've been for the last few months, right? It's it, uh you know the it, it was it was just good to see everybody again and uh you know and and have a good time at the racetrack it was kind of that few hours of life being somewhat normal even if the fans weren't there yeah and it opens the door uh to see what happens here over the next couple of weeks 
Looking forward to it, Tom, and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting back to the racetrack this weekend. Looking forward to hopefully getting back to some modified racing uh, here over the next three or four weeks. Uh, and if not, we'll find some other track to go to and cover some other type of racing. <laughs> well, uh, that's exactly right. What, uh, what do we know about uh, tracks like New Hampshire and, and you know, tracks like that? What, what, are we, what are we hearing about those tracks? Yeah, unclear at this time. That's a good point uh, to, to bring up. It's kind of unclear. Uh, what the NASCAR wheel modified tour season could look like at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, obviously, they've attended that track religiously for two two times a year, two races every season for as many years as I can remember uh, going to the races. And yeah. I've been going to the races for about 16, 17 years at a capacity where I could tell you about it uh, and remember it. Uh, and right now they've got those two events scheduled, Saturday, July 17, and then, of course, the Musket 200 uh, scheduled in September. As of right now, no change, though I can tell you I've learned uh, through sources that the NASCAR weekend at New Hampshire that was originally scheduled for the third week in July is going to be moved uh, as early as this week uh, to August 2nd on a cup show scheduled for the 2nd of August. Now, no further details released as far as the weekend schedule uh, in the report that I saw that was released to race teams. Now, that could mean that the NASCAR wheel modified tour race could move as well. It could mean that it's sticking where it is. It's just so yeah, so early uh, to tell. But I do think, Tom, we're going to get some guidance this week on the cup race moving at New Hampshire Motor Speedway to a different date. And you would hope that in that same guidance, at least from a track perspective, we would get some, time, some kind of insight uh, about what could be coming for the modified tour. Of course, the Xfinity Series uh, also scheduled to compete there as part of that New Hampshire Motor Speedway weekend, and I believe the Arkham Menard Series, uh, and I'm checking on that as I speak, I believe the Arkham Menard Series was involved uh, in that weekend as well. Uh, so <clears throat> let's see. Well, they're involved, excuse me, they're involved in the weekend in September. Uh, so we'll see necessarily uh, how this pans out for them as well on the Arca front, but I don't know, man. It's unclear What's going to happen with that weekend? I can tell you that the Cup Series race is definitely moving uh, to August 2nd through sources that I've confirmed with. But other than that, I think it's one of those things where, unfortunately, again, we're in wait-and-see mode, uh, much like the rest of the community. Yeah, so that track, at least there may be an opportunity because NASCAR is still going there, even though it's, uh, what, a month later or so. Um, NASCAR controls that situation so one would hope anyway that they would bring the modified tour show along with them to the new date um and and that would again add another race to the tour um you know that track the reason i bring it up is because of course new hampshire uh, a track that's sort of apart from the local short tracks uh, when you know when NASCAR comes in with a Cup show or whatever, then you obviously have the opportunity to to bring other divisions in with it, and we're seeing NASCAR doing more and more of that now as we get further into their situation. In fact, there are two shows coming up in the next couple of weeks: Atlanta and Miami, where you're doing a double double. So you know you're you're basically going to have. Um, you know, back-to-back races on Saturday, back-to-back races on Sunday, um, as NASCAR continues to try to sort of catch up the National Series uh, schedules to where they need to be. And so we know that that could be possible. Uh, The Mod Tour coming along with uh, the, the Cup Series to their new date could be very possible, depending on 
what NASCAR decides they want to do. So let's keep our fingers crossed for that one. But that's that's good to see that there might still be some hope, at least, um, that the modified tour could still run there. Whether they do a one-off on the original date or they run with, I, I just can't see them uh, having all the employees and whatever. I can't see that happening as a standalone show. So I would think, from a common sense standpoint, you would tend to think that if... Uh, if NASCAR is moving the cup date, the mod tour date would move with it. But, of course, all those details have to be ironed out, and I'm sure we'll find out in the next week or two what's going on with that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think that's a fair assessment that the next week or two are uh, going to show a lot uh, yeah. on what's going to be coming uh, here in the next month or so. I keep saying that, and I said from the beginning that once we got into June, uh, by the beginning, the middle of June, we would have a good insight of what the race season might look like. Uh, up here in the New England region. It's crazy to think that it's June 1st today as we record this, and I have not seen a race uh, in New England. So uh, it's it's an eerie and a scary sight uh, and a scary sound for me uh, who spends the race season at the racetrack probably 15 days a week. Uh, You know, during a seven-day period, I'm at the track (laughs) all seven days, uh, whether it be at a working capacity or uh, a fan capacity in some cases. So looking forward to seeing... Uh, what goes on here uh, in the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to getting back to racing this weekend with some pro stock and super late model action. Uh, And then eventually, Tom, back to some sort of modified racing here uh, in the next couple of months. Well, that's, you know, and again, uh, things are changing quickly. And, and, uh, you know, when you see what's going on in the country now and you, it's sort of interesting um, just to see how quickly, um, the virus has been replaced in 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 the 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 media culture of our country, you know, by everything else that's going on, which obviously um, is justified. But it also uh, would would kind of lend us to think that maybe if uh, if we come out of all these mass gatherings without spikes, um, then uh, that would seem to bode well for the concept that maybe we can start allowing other mass gatherings that aren't of the destructive nature um, to occur. And, you know, so who knows? Uh, maybe in the end, um, you know, it's it's a situation where we can learn from what's going on now, and um, maybe that'll help give more confidence that, you know what, we can, you know, we can do these types of things and take some precaution and be okay. And maybe, you know, by August or, or so we, we could be, in a bit of a different situation. That's all we can hope for. And of course, um, we obviously are mindful of what's going on in the country and pray that um, we could come together as a nation and and, and um, replace destructive uh, pastimes with pastimes like racing that are actually not destructive and are fun um, and, and make people excited and, and build people's spirits up. Um, you know, it, it, it seems to me that would be the more worth worthwhile investment of our time uh, as we go forward here. Um, you know, you, you don't want to diminish the nature of what took place over the week, but you also want to understand that um, when you when you start to become destructive, you're not really supporting the cause. So um, those of us who are racing people need to go to the racetrack and, um, and and do what we do responsibly and try to be good examples of um, what can happen when people get together and 
um, you know, and, and pay attention to what they're doing and, and uh, do it in the spirit of, of, of fun and uh, competition and such and all of that. So that's, that's kind of what I think about as we start to go forward here is that um, hopefully at some point we, we can understand that there is a way that this can be done and to have fans in the grandstand um, without creating an issue. I know that, uh, for example, again, in Indiana, um, race happening in Indianapolis Raceway Park, which is now Lucas Oil Raceway, uh, on June 20th. And it's going to involve the Super Modifieds and the Mossy Racing Sprint Cars and a division of Midwest Touring Compact Cars that's supposed to bring about 58 cars to the to the event, which is a huge field for any division, <laughs> um, for a one-off race like that. And uh, 5,000 tickets are for sale. It's half the grandstand. And so, again, there are parts of the country where that's starting to become okay again. And we can only hope that... Uh, Maybe some of the things we're learning here as we go on in time will allow uh, people to have more confidence in other areas that they can do it there, too. So, um, I mean, that's that's all we can hope for is that, uh, you know, the the leaders and the the people in the different areas are uh, uh, will become, you know, excited to to have positive things happening in the community and uh, let us start to have some fun again in a responsible way. And as you say, um, it's important that when we do that early on here, uh, like with this weekend's events, that we don't mess it up. You do it right, and everybody um, does it the way that it's supposed to be done. Yeah, it opens the door for a lot of questions, uh, and I have a lot of questions too as a as a kind of a promoter myself uh, and working with the, the, the close team relation here at a couple of racetracks up here in New England. I have a lot of questions about how they're going to make this work. Uh, at some of the other New England racetracks, and I'm looking forward to getting up there and and really, Tom, soaking it all in, uh, watching how they do it, watching how the distancing yeah. works, watching how the the drivers and the pit crews uh, adhere to the distancing because that's a whole other thing, uh, whether they're going to actually do it or not, uh, and what the policy is going to be if they don't. Uh, there's a lot of questions uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks, and I think there's a lot of questions coming up uh, right up until the fall. Uh, some of these schedules could roll into November for the first time in a long time. Uh, Watertrack's willing to do that to get some more racing in. So looking forward to seeing that. Uh, and really, you know, since this is mainly modified, it's looking forward to seeing some type of modified racing uh, in the real near future, not too distant away, and getting back to the racetrack and uh, hopefully getting some discussion about how some drivers did at a race instead of how they feel like they might do uh, yeah. a race going forward. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, we you know we're trying to 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 bring different voices to the show each week, and uh, it was great to have Woody Pitcat on today. And you look at the modified situation, and it's a little uh, it's hard enough for NASCAR to uh, schedule shows. It's even harder for the local modified series up there. Because obviously they aren't going to come to Jennerstown, Pennsylvania, or South Boston, Virginia to run a race, so um, they're more at the mercy of what happens in the local areas in New England. So hopefully, all of this uh, continues to progress and move in the right direction as we get into now the month of June, and um, again maybe by you know July, late late July into August. Uh, we we get some some further opportunities here. Let's hope that's about all we can do. Uh, we certainly want to go racing. We want to we want to be at the racetrack, like Kyle said, seven days a week. Um, you know, if we can. And again, 
For those of you who have pay-per-views, just like what we talked about with all of the uh, the sim racing that was going on, you got to support it because you're by supporting it, you're enabling it to continue and uh, helping the racetracks to at least uh, get out from um, underneath all of this and get moving again, and it's really important. So everybody go buy the pay-per-views this weekend and enjoy a couple of great races up there. Uh, Kyle, have we missed anything that we need to cover before we close this one out? I don't think so. I think we've hit uh, a lot of different stuff that's going on up here in the region. Again, just stre- just want to stretch what you're saying uh, and say that these these pay per views are twenty five bucks each. Uh, so it's going to cost you fifty dollars. And I know uh, for some people in the middle of a pandemic, fifty dollars is fifty dollars. Uh, so I get it. But if you can support these pay per views, please do it. Uh, get these racetracks off the ground. If they don't get uh, a good followership on these pay per views, then there's a chance that they can't keep doing them. Uh, just because of the way things work. So if you can support it, support it. Uh, if you can't, follow on social media. Uh, follow Speed 51 for sa- uh, Friday's race at Claremont. Get with Acton Pass on their social media channels for the uh, weekend events at White Mountain. Uh, and just get yourself back in the racing swing, because I do think that it's coming here uh, in the next couple of weeks. There's going to be racing somewhere, someplace, and we will find it for you. <laughs> doing the best we can and i uh, want to thank everybody for uh listening and sharing and uh being supportive of our content here we're doing our best to try and uh again feature some of the drivers and the personalities uh that comprise not only the modifieds but other divisions as well and we're excited that uh, hopefully we're going to have some actual new england racing to talk about on next week's mainly modified show until then uh for kyle souza i'm tom baker everybody be safe and if you're going to the racetrack uh as part of a team or you're you know you got to be there for whatever reason i know the fans aren't going to be able to go but uh enjoy the racing and we'll see you next time on mainly modifieds have a great weekend everybody so long You've been listening to Mainly Modifieds, the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.